0: Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions and the Career Pod team. This episode should provide you with valuable career information and insights. Today, we are speaking with Debbie Lipton, career counselor and job search coach for Mass Higher Metro North. That's a career center in our state. And welcome to the program, and we really like to get started. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Maybe we could uh, talk a little bit about your your earlier, you know, work and your your educational preparation. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Okay. I actually always knew I wanted to be a career counselor since my undergraduate days, but I wasn't ready to go to grad school after graduating from Brandeis with my double major in psychology and English. I I needed to, to be out there in the world and working before I could go back to school. So I pursued work in communications and book publishing, and then I finally moved into human resources and staffing. With this experience behind me, I earned my Master's of Science in Human Resources Counseling from Northeastern University. And over the course of my career, I've always uh, paid a lot of attention to professional development, and I am a certified professional resume writer, a certified resume writer, and I'm also an administrator of the Myers-Briggs Type Inventory.
0: Okay. You, I assume you, you use some of those instruments with your clients. Certainly. The basic resume, uh, and every, anyone doing a job search, it's sort of one of the first things they need. Tell me about what how you work with that with a client.
1: Well, the first thing is, is I need to meet a client to understand okay. what their goals are. Sure. Right? So what happens is that um, mass Higher metro north career center is one of 29 career centers throughout the commonwealth uh, okay. our services are funded through the federal and state government and uh what happens is uh we get job seekers um people who are working people who are not working people who are laid off people who are returning to work and uh, some of them are seeking intensive career counseling services Um, And I will meet with them and talk to them a little bit about where they've been, what they liked, uh, best about their last, you know, their career to date, what they didn't like, what they're looking for now. And based on their job goals, I'm then able to help them craft a resume that will get the attention of an employer.
0: Sure. So the fact that you talk to them about their goals, is really at the base uh, before anything else can can happen in the development of a, a career search. You, re- you really stress that uh, goal, knowing where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are there any other types of services, or maybe you could talk a little bit about your typical client and and how you go? Through, how do they go through your process?
1: Well, one thing about working in a career center you see a very wide range of clients. So I may have folks who haven't worked because they've maybe been caretakers at home or maybe they didn't complete their education and they need training perhaps in order to kickstart their career. Other times I might see people who are uh, maybe doing program management in software or they are senior managers, business operations folks, director level. Uh, So really, I customize my approach to the clients that I work with based on where they are, what their needs are, and
0: where they want to go. So
1: there's really no one-size-fits-all.
0: Okay. That's a great way to put it. You really customize it to their needs, and you have various tools and instruments and techniques to uh, have them reach that uh, job, and I guess it must be rewarding for you when they do you get placed in a position, I bet you get a lot mm-hmm. of positive feedback, certainly.
1: Uh, I worked in staffing as I mentioned earlier, and yeah. uh, when I worked for an agency and it always the best part was always when someone landed the
0: job, and that hasn't changed in terms of uh what's most satisfying to you and what can be frustrating at times in your work. Can you explain some of that?
1: Well, as you just said, the mo- you know, you asked me about the most satisfying part of my work, right. and that's watching my clients land their new jobs. I always get a vicarious thrill through this. And the most frustrating is when I see my clients sabotage themselves in their job search. Frequently, ah. that happens in the way that they handle a job interview or follow-up. Do you do uh, in- any interview training? Absolutely. Whenever a client of mine lands an interview, the first thing I tell them is let me know so we can do some interview prep together, which
0: will include mock interviews. That's great, yeah. By the way, if someone on Koreapod is looking to learn more about this field, could they contact you? Do you have a way they could contact you, Debbie? Yeah.
1: Email is great. DebLiptonCM at gmail.com.
0: Okay. Deb Lipton. C-M at gmail, at I'm Gina. sorry, someone considering this field, what would you advise them, a the young person or even a, a mid-career person who really feels it would be a great field for them? How would you uh, sort of counsel them about the field?
1: The first thing I would tell them is that career counseling can be done in different contexts. Often when career counselors come into the field, they're thinking about working with colleges, four-year colleges. Right. Um, however, there are other places to work as well. Outplacement is a service provided by uh, companies that are helping organizations that are experiencing layoffs, and outplacement uh, includes the career uh, exploration and the resume prep and LinkedIn prep, etc. cetera. Um, yeah. And also federal and state career centers, like the one where I work, there are needs for career counselors and also for another uh, group of folks who work with the employers. So there's some very interesting and diverse ways to get into career counseling by looking into the career center system work and workforce development.
0: I'll sure. tell you that
1: having experience as a recruiter is very valuable and I did pick up that experience during uh it, you know in the in the last number of years because employers will trust you to know the inside process because you it's like you know the code. So sure. whereas yeah. employers may be less inclined to pick up the telephone when you say you're calling from maybe a nonprofit, if you call and say, oh, yes, I, I'm a former you know, recruiter or a talent acquisition uh, professional, they'll be more likely to take the phone call. Um, sure. And I also urge all career counselors to keep up their professional development so that they have the
0: resources to deepen their counseling skills. I've heard someone, people who break into this field by doing something called job development, or they call themselves a job developer. Um, How would you uh, feel about that? How do you feel about that? Well, job development
1: is sometimes a very good place for people who do come from an HR or recruitment background. Uh, yes. Because job development is about working with employers to understand their needs and also working with candidates to make sure that they're prepared to interview
0: well. Okay. Just being in the field, uh, have you ever experienced a, is any very funny or very interesting situation that you'd like to share with us?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, this is, this is great. Um, I do a lot of work with older workers. I have throughout my career, regardless of my age, Uh, This is an area that just seems to keep coming back to me. And um, there is a lot of talk about uh, age discrimination in the hiring process. But by the same token, going to the slide for a moment, many job seekers believe that no hiring goes on between the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving and the new year. So you have two pieces of conventional wisdom. And just this past December, Three clients of mine landed six-figure positions in December, and two of those individuals were over the age of
0: 60. That's so great. Yeah. Happy Christmas, happy holiday season to you. <laughs> the uh, thought about technology, uh, since you've been in the field for a while, what do you see going on, and where do you think the future is going to take us? And I'm talking about post uh pandemic if you, if you know what I mean
1: uh. well yeah well so changes in technology have been encroaching into the job search process oh gosh I would say primarily since the late 1990s when people had more access to the internet so they were hitting the key of send, send, send to employers right. and employers couldn't handle the overload So applicant tracking system software was developed in order to be able to sort through resumes so hiring managers or recruiters could pull a resume from a database that would meet the needs of the job. So being able to write a resume that is applicant tracking system friendly is
0: critical. Do you have a particular uh, applicant tracking system that you you who would encourage or you would recommend? Well, no. Those, so
1: those are the softwares that are purchased by the companies.
0: I got you. So
1: you don't buy it for yourself. There are applicant tracking system of applications that can help you as a job seeker make sure that your resume is lining up with the job description. Right. So those just, those do
0: exist. Yeah, I was thinking from the other side, from the if they were in the counseling, working doing counseling, and they wanted to help their uh, their client find a job, you know. So, and I, and I know today, uh, relative to that, it's not so good to have a fancy design resume, and and we you know keywords are important, and uh, it, you, know, you want to be friendly to the uh, tracking systems.
1: Well, the applicant tracking system software has become every, you know, it keeps getting more sophisticated. It really depends on the formatting. I would say as a whole, it's probably easier to use cleaner formatting, uh, if you're going to be submitting your, your resume through an applicant tracking system. But you'd be surprised on how nice you can make it look and that could still get through the system. The most important thing is that you do not want to have any of your contact information in a header session section of a word document you want all of that to be in the body of the word document and also you want to stay away um from using columns uh on the right hand side that cannot be read by an actual tracking system if you use a a column you want that
0: to be on the left hand side sure in terms of uh, font size without getting into too much detail what would be the minimum that you would recommend well, it depends on what the font is. Okay, let's say it's Arial.
1: An Arial. Um, yeah. I mean, I. It depends. It all depends. Um right. Probably about a ten point is the smallest you want to go. Okay. You don't want to be squeezing all of your information in a smaller font just to get it on one page, because if right. it's not easy to read, your resume will not
0: be read. Okay. Uh, in terms of uh, using uh, paper other than white paper, uh, is, does that work pretty well or is that a no-no uh, in this, uh, in this I world?
1: Think these days, the color of the paper is, I think, in my opinion, is increasingly irrelevant because okay. most most organizations are receiving your, your resume by email. Right. Right. Back in the day when you used to walk in, right, when people right. didn't get it ahead of time like that, then you were paying more attention to the color, making sure it matches the envelope, et cetera. But yeah. people aren't sending resumes uh,
0: in you know, hard copy anymore. Sure. And uh, reviewing your background and uh, you know, learning a little bit about you, and I've, I've uh, done a little research, and I have to commend you for volunteering, for doing volunteering work uh, throughout your career. Uh, has that been meaningful to you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, oh, I've done volunteer work over the course of my career. At the very beginning, when I graduated from Brandeis, I actually became a volunteer with the Women's Job Counseling Center. I don't okay. think it exists anymore, but I was pursuing my interest in career counseling while I was working in communications. So that was very sure. good. And then yeah. I it, I um, also um, volunteered at the Women's Educational and Industrial Union Again, they don't exist anymore. However, the, the director of the center took an interest in me, and we have been in touch now for well over 30 years.
0: We're Isn't that still connected great. to each other. Yeah. Is, she, and is, then, she uh, is she in the business? Is she in the same business pretty much? Yes,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, she's, yeah. Doing it. she's now working for a, a school, a four-year school. She and I actually worked together uh, at a nonprofit uh, when I was doing that work before coming to Mass Hire and i've done other i do other volunteer work um as i as it looks interesting to me um I did some volunteer work at Babson College uh, with their, i believe it is the career leader and team program where we would provide input after watching students do a role play
0: of okay. a a business issue that they were trying to find the answer to very good uh and uh, one final question uh debbie, and that is uh luck, either good luck or bad luck. Has that played a role in your career?
1: Yeah, I definitely I think I had good luck, although I didn't recognize it at the time.
0: When I was yeah. studying
1: for my master's degree, I yeah. was convinced I wanted to work in a college career counseling center, but it was very hard to get interviews at that time, so I needed to look at other options. Yeah. Um, and then someone that I met at the women's uh, Educational Industrial Union, where I was volunteering, mentioned a, a job opening for a workshop leader who could do workshops for people who had been laid off. And okay. I pursued that, and I was hired for it. And that was my first professional position after grad school, and that really uh, laid out the the path of my career. So I've worked, sure. I've worked with those laid off, laid off individuals in two cities south of Boston, and after right. that, I branched out into federal and state grant management, and then I even okay. had directorial oversight of school to work programs in the South Shore, which is how you and I know each other. So sure. um, if I had not, if I'd gone into university or college counseling, I don't know if we would be having
0: this conversation today. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh- those uh, workforce development uh, programs, as we'll call them, uh, they are certainly an important part of identifying, you know, youth problems. And uh, I've done some work in that area too. But but I commend you for uh, for doing that. And uh, it's funny how that that first job, which a little bit of luck that you got it, uh, set your path. And it uh, it's a wonderful way to to begin a career. Indeed, Debbie, you have been insightful in, in the field of career counseling. And your excellent advice is of great value anyone considering this field. Once again, I thank you for your contribution to Career Path.
1: Thank you so much, Gary. I really appreciate it.